Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Town Podcast. Today, I have joining me Suzanne Mingus, and she is running for Greenlee County District Supervisor. Yes. Hi, jo- hi, hi! how are you doing today? I'm doing just great. Thank you, Jared, and thank you for having me. It's a great opportunity. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Um, so if it's cool with you, I'd like to just jump right into the questions. Sure, go right ahead. Uh, my first question is, what is your party affiliation? I am a Republican. And you're running as a Republican yes. and not an independent. Correct. You Correct. didn't cho- You didn't choose to skip the primary. Why is that? Well, because um, I, I felt like it was important to be authentic when I decided to run for this uh, this year. I was, I was approached four years ago, and it just wasn't the right time for me personally. But when I decided to run this year, I, I really gave it a tremendous amount of thought and made sure that I would have the time, which I, I do, uh, in between kids and grandkids. So that's a nice time to, where I found that I had a lot of time on my hands and I'm a high energy person. So I need to channel that energy somewhere. But um, I didn't feel like I should run down and change my affiliate to, as, as you know, there's a lot of people run, running as independents, a lot of people in our county government as independents, and, and that's fine. But I haven't been an independent. I've been a Republican. And I didn't want to just run down and change a party affiliation to get elected. I want people to elect me for who I am am and for what I've done for the county and what I hope to do in the future. Excellent. So what got you interested in the supervisor position? Why did you decide to run this year? Yes. Um, as I said, I thought about it years ago and uh, four years ago. And so for the last four years, I guess I have really taken a hard look at what's happening in the county, probably more so. Again, I had a little more time. And um, as I was moving in and out of different careers and so forth, um, I, I had an opportunity to start a small business. And and so I started looking at other small businesses and what kinds of things were offered for support of small businesses and starting mm-hmm. starting these types of things. And then um, in the agricultural industry, just watching and seeing what's going on in the county made me feel like there there might be a way to improve on that. And there might be an opportunity here to, to make more inroads and strides. And that's what I'd like to do. Excellent. Excellent. And you have a website um, for I do. people to visit? I do. SuzanneMingus.com. I have a Facebook page as well. I'm, I'm getting used to Facebook and using it much more than I ever had. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot about the power of Facebook. So uh, they can reach me that way. And my phone number is available too. My private cell phone number certainly can get in touch with, with me there. Awesome. And I know I've, I've called you uh-huh. a couple of times with specific questions about you know yes. what you're going for. So um, and I appreciate it. That you know, absolutely. You My number that. is nine two eight nine six one zero nine one five. All right. Um, so let's get into the actual um, supervisor position. What qualifies you to be the Greenlee County Supervisor? Well, I believe that um, I, I don't believe in career politicians. Mm-hmm. I've never run mm-hmm. for office before, so this is my first term running for office, and I would like to bring my background, and that is a quite a varied background. I, just a quick rundown of what I've done. Started out as a music teacher at Marincy High School after graduating from New Mexico State University. Um, I was raised in the military, a wide, wide background of working, working with people of all different faiths, colors, re- religions, backgrounds, and so forth. But uh, after I uh, started, I got married and started having some children, I stayed home, got a master's degree in educational leadership. Then I went to 10 years, 
I did 10 years with Morency Schools for a, a special needs children advocate. Mm -hmm. And I did training programs for teachers. I wrote lots of grants, both the large entitlement federal grants as well as smaller grants and kind of started my grant writing career there. Then I went to work for the mine for four years, running a North American leadership program called the Supervisor Development Program. And later the SID program was asked Supervisor in Development just to bring up the next generation of leaders. And that was from Bayway, New Jersey to Baghdad, Arizona, all across North America, had a great staff. And we, we taught some classes for that company across the board. Wow. Loved that job. Loved that job. Then... Um, then I uh, was I started a consulting business, teaching leadership skills, but focusing in on agricultural, uh, which is my my love, agricultural associations. And so from Florida to California, had contracts there, just working with people, things like boardsmanship, um, um, getting things done, being efficient. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can see a theme running here. Mm -hmm. I'm all about the results, getting results. So um, then a friend of mine from Rotary, Paul Nelson, called me and said, hey, you want to come work for me in Thatcher? And I said, what? But he kind of convinced me. So I finished up my contracts uh, that first year, and then I stayed on with Thatcher. Loved that job. Wonderful people down there. And I took early retirement from, from Thatcher Schools. Uh, where I was doing the same thing, grant writing, uh, special ad advocate for special kids and so forth. And then I opened another small business, my catering business. It was called Black Hills Catering right there on the ranch. Mm -hmm. um, always wanted to do that. My my mother and grandmother both had restaurants, so it was kind of in my blood. So I had to get that out of my, out of my, uh, um, my you know, out of my system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was just one party after another. It was a lot of work, but yeah. it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun there. And then I, another thing just kind of dropped in my lap with my agricultural background. I work with, um, an insurance company um, on a USDA program, writing, uh, signing people up for um, who are in agriculture for a drought program. Mm -hmm. So um, lots of lots of variety in my background, and I think I bring certainly the mine, and and again, I loved that job there. But I bring that experience, government experience, red tape. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of red mm -hmm. tape with special bureaucracy. needs kids and bureaucracy, right? Yep. And then uh, private business. I've partnered on the ranch. Um, I, my, my role is not hands-on, it's more the bookkeeping and the organization of all of the files and compliance and, and just general, general office manager type things like that, um, but an important part of, of a small business. And so um, all of that said, that's, that's what I bring to the table. So I, I think that that is a well-rounded aspect mm -hmm. of, of what we, uh, um, what we need in this position. I think we need somebody with some fresh ideas mm -hmm. and somebody who brings results and gets things done. Interesting. And that's a very impressive resume. Oh, thank and you. And I really love that you were a teacher like me. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, let's take a look at uh, what's happening in Greenlee County now. Mm -hmm. What do you see coming in that, as a fresh perspective, what needs to change here in Greenlee County? Well, First of all, I think access to our county government is important. I think it's it's really important for us to uh, be able to find information that was sort of brought up um, 
very, very boldly, very up, up front when people were looking for mask mm -hmm. regulation that came about. And so they're looking on the website for where it was and it, it was hard to find that. And website certainly needs to be redone. So as, as I started attending, I've been to every one of the Board of Supervisors meetings since March 11th, except for one where I had a uh, doctor's appointment I couldn't move. So I go to all these board meetings, but I started out in my preparation because that's another thing that I do. I'm very, very organized and I, I prepare and do research. Um, not afraid of tough issues at all. My, my dissertation, in fact, was on the shift work of the mind and how it impacted junior high school students because again I wanted to bring something back to my community that could improve my community right, right. so um, and of course my love is for advocating for students so mm -hmm. so I, I take on projects like that and and try to find um, ways to partner I'm a big believer in synergy so let's work together to solve a problem so um, that being said, as I'm, I'm preparing for the first Board of Supervisors meeting I went to in March, I couldn't find any minutes. And mm -hmm. then I looked for the previous month and then I looked for the previous month and it had been a year. Oh, wow. It had been a year since they had posted any minutes. So that was my first red flag. Mm -hmm. But the more, the more I looked into those kinds of things and, and the role of county government, um, is, is to serve the people. This is, a, I look at this job as a public service job. Right. I am serving the people who not only elect me, but the people who live here, even if you didn't vote for me. Um, but let's come together and make things happen good for the county. So first and foremost, I would, I would be very accessible, very available, and open up the government to make it very user-friendly, mm -hmm. um, reaching out to people. And that's why when I, when I go door to door, I actually do a survey. And I ask people, what do you want to, what do you see? I, I present my five point plan mm -hmm. that I've developed, but it's not been in isolation right. and it's not a static document. It's right. a document that lives and breathes and changes, changes, but I want to hear from them and boy, do I get a lot of information. And so, so what have you found? What, what are your points then that, uh, besides transparency, you, you talked about? Yes. Transparency and accountability, but having started two small businesses outside of our ranching operation uh, myself from the ground up, I recognized there was not a lot of support and and just uh, tools for people to start small businesses. Mm -hmm. Things like marketing, things like um, training programs mm -hmm. and small business development center out of EAC is, is they love to come up. Uh, when I was chair of the tourism council, we brought them up and they did a number of classes through a grant that we did. So small businesses, um, are, are what I love to do. And I, I know that there are other people that have interest in starting a small business. Um, community beautification, not just blight, but also developing um, things, developing neighborhoods. Mm -hmm, um, I've mm -hmm. researched a little bit about grants. There's a great grant out there called Neighborhood Improvement Districts. And it's it's a it's a way for you to sort of take the elephant and bite just one at one bite at a time. Right. And where an, a group of like-minded people in a neighborhood can can work in their neighborhood or a couple of streets or whatever to to make the improvements that they want. I don't think this is a role for county government to come in and say, you need to do this on your on your land. That's mm -hmm. not what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. But those that would like to, you know, get some help elderly yeah, folks help. yeah, yeah elderly folks maybe can't get out there and and um and do their lawn or whatever and so how can we come together to again voluntarily those people that would like to do those kinds of things so community beautification and, and addressing blight and i know town of duncan is, is that's they're committed to that too mm -hmm. and working on that mm -hmm. and then finally you know uh, when my kids were going through 4-H um, and growing up here, we would come down to the fairgrounds for 
all sorts of things. We had the, the rampage and rodeos and ropings and, and meetings were held here. The cattle growers meeting was, was held at the county fairgrounds. And mm -hmm. it, was, it was really a, a beautiful facility and we, it was used all the time. I don't see that happening even before COVID. Mm -hmm. So I would like to bring back those community activities or, or support those who are looking at sponsoring. And, and again, that's a county-owned building, a county-owned right. facility. I'd like to make sure that it's accessible to, to the county to the people in the county. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so um, you brought up housing. Um, talk to me a little bit more about that grant because um, that's something that I've been interested in too. Uh -huh. um, getting, it seems like getting money and getting started here. Um, we, we have a wait list of, I think like 500 families and individuals on the, the mine waiting list to get into their housing over there. And because there's nowhere to live here or in Clifton, uh, and you can't buy land in Marenzi, they're all fleeing over to Graham County where they're spending all their money. They're paying, you know, rent and they're buying houses and, and things like that. But it's, 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 that seems to be one of the biggest problems really hurting our economy. So um, can you talk to, a little bit about that? I absolutely can. That's a, that's a great question. So I'm a researcher mm -hmm. and I spend long hours in the evenings looking at grants, grants that can apply to us. So just a few that, and, and, I, these are examples of the types of grants that we could go for. One of them is the Rural Business Development Grant. And that the key two words there are, are business development that happen to be in rural areas. And recognizing that we struggle sometimes to have services. This is all about training. This is all about preparing people. For example, how do you write a business plan? Now, you might be able to write it. I might be able to write it. But there's a lot of people out there with a great idea, a mm -hmm. marketable idea. Um, one of my videos is all about um, a gentleman on Chase Creek years ago. I don't know if you've seen the video, I but yeah. his name was Mr. Wong. Mm -hmm. And I was going through Ellis Island Museum, believe it or not, in, in New York. And here's a picture of a gentleman. So I stop at the display and I saw Arizona. So I looked closer. Clifton, Arizona. Uh -huh. This gentleman started a business on Chase Creek, Arizona. It was a dry goods store. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I, I brought my friends over. Look, this is Clifton. This is Clifton. It's very exciting. But uh, the Rural Business Development Grant talks about those kinds of things. How to how to get business financing. Where do you start there? Right. And these folks with good ideas just don't, they just need a little help getting started. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of an exciting one that I've already talked about the neighborhood improvement plan, but there's another one called choice neighborhoods planning grants. And that one specifically is restoring town owned buildings. And that kind of thing um, is, is kind of an approach that I've always wondered why we don't sit down and have public meetings mm -hmm. with the two towns, um, Clifton and Duncan, are the lifeblood. You right, know, those right. folks in Marinci, come, it's kind of like a military base. Mm -hmm. you, you, they come in, they come out, um, you know, transferred all the time, those kinds of things. World. Yeah, and it, it, it's different. Mm -hmm. We're the, we own properties, we've put down roots, and mm -hmm. I've lived here since 1987, 33 years, even though in a lot of people's eyes, I'm new, <laughs> you're new, yes, a lot of us are new. Um, I've been here 33 years. And so, um, this is where this is my forever home. This mm -hmm. is where I raise my kids, where I want to live for the rest of my life. I, I love Greenlee County. And so I I want to see how are we going to um, maybe maybe create the neighborhoods and the businesses that we want to see here. Mm -hmm. So a this choice neighborhoods planning grant is um, 
maintaining our small town atmosphere, maintaining those historic buildings that are so cool to our to our background and to our culture and makes Duncan Duncan. Definitely. Let we don't want to grow in such a way. I mean, we don't want a Walmart here. I right. don't think we have to worry about right, that, but right. we don't want that, right. you know, that kind of a uh, commercialization. We want to keep our uniqueness mm -hmm. um, and and just the things that make. And we are a very unique place. You can you can be on the river and watch birds and and an hour you can be up in the forest and look right. at a deer. And you know we we have so many beautiful natural resources, and we have that small town culture that we just that is safe and why people live here. It's why I live here. Mm -hmm. um, it's a safe place to raise your kids. So um, I, I have lots of energy and lots of ideas about grants that we could look at. These are just samples of things that right. are possibilities. But of course, I, I need to do a lot more work, but I'm excited about what's out there. Yeah, me too. That sounds really, really good. I understand that you've prepared um, some numbers, uh, basically breakdown of, of our county. I have. You know, I'm a researcher and I like to see... Um, I, I like to look up information statistics and it gives you a numbers uh, numbers person. I guess that's grant, my grant writing background. I'm mm -hmm. a numbers person because everything has to has to uh, pencil out. Yep. yep. So there are 1,738 people in our district and the average age in our district is 53. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, party uh, in District 3, there's 41% GOP. Uh, 20 seven percent are not affiliated oh wow that's they're, high. it's high isn't it um they're either in now that includes independent mm -hmm. party not designated or other third parties right mm -hmm. right and then uh 32 percent democrat so we're pretty evenly spread mm -hmm. which i think is great mm -hmm. you know i i go back to valuing everybody whether you're we joke about being new and everything and and people who've lived here all their lives have a wonderful perspective wonderful history in this place mm -hmm. and and i love listening to the stories of you know duncan in its heyday and things like that and yet we also have people with new ideas mm -hmm. and i think the role of a leader is to bring all of those perspectives together because they're all important right you know we have a future and we have a wonderful history so I, I was kind of encouraged to see how we're we were an independent streak, definitely in Greenland County. Mm -hmm. You know, we we are independent people. And I love that about us. We can do take care of ourselves, you know, as much as we can take care of others, mm -hmm. help others, mm -hmm. very community minded. So I, I um, of the one thousand seven hundred and thirty eight people, um, I haven't gotten to all of them, <laughs> but I'm working on it. And um, I have just thoroughly enjoyed meeting everybody. Um, I, I, I think my record is two and a half hours that oh, I've spent wow. with one individual and I loved it. I, I enjoyed talking to that person, but at that rate, I'm not going to get to right, everyone. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully you'll reach a lot of those people here today. So I hope so. Thank you. No Thank problem. you. No problem. Let's move over to the mass. You brought that up earlier. Hmm. Uh, what's your position on countywide mandatory masks? I am not a supporter of that at all. I'm a big believer in um, private property rights as well as your own rights as an individual. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I understand the severity of, of the COVID vi virus. I'm not discounting that at all. And a number of people have been negatively impacted and I don't want to minimize mm -hmm. the things that have happened to them at all. However, um, number one, it is not enforceable and our own county sheriff has said he will not enforce it. So now you have a mandate that's not enforceable. 
But then if you actually read the resolution or the regulation, it is a $50 fine on your second. You, you have a, an education component of the public and then a warning and then a $50 fine. How, wow. what happens if you can't pay that? Are we actually going to put people in jail mm -hmm. because they cannot pay a $50 fine because they left their mask in their truck? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's nonsensical to me. Um, there's a body of research out there that shows that masks are not real effective. Mm -hmm. The thing has to run its course. I am not a scientist. I'm just trying to put common sense to to the situation. Mm -hmm. um, if you're sick, stay home and stay in bed and yes. take care of yourself. And and uh, by all means, use as much precaution, many precautions as you can. Um, I think we've also learned a lot about washing hands, which is kind of scary that we had to tell people <laughs> to wash their hands. But, you know, if we have to start there, that's okay. But I think we're all very much aware of that. But I guess I come at it from the special needs advocacy role that I held for so long. I know that there are students who have been abused or who have been, um, who have medical conditions, asthma, who have, mm -hmm. you know, Down syndrome. A lot of kids have um, fear, even in teenager years, fear of confinement or right. even the dark or things like, yep. things like that for a variety of re reasons, as well as adults with asthma, let's mm -hmm. say, or mm -hmm. something. What do you do with that whole population that physically cannot wear a mask? And so it's a complicated issue, mm -hmm. but I really believe that people are using common sense. Let's let them continue to do that without government intrusion into our lives. Mm -hmm. In my view, government here is here to help people who need it and get out of the way of those who don't. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, speaking of government, mm -hmm. I've heard a lot about Four Fry. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit about what that is and uh, what your stance is? Yes. Yes. I've heard about it for a long time, too, as our government um, elected officials here in this county have been involved in it. Four, the number four stands for four forests, the Apache Sitgraves, which, of course, is in northern Greenlee County, Kaibab, Tonto, and Coconino. And so these four forests, um, the FRI part, F-R-I, stands for Forest Restoration Initiative. Mm -hmm. And the idea back uh, starting 2009, 2010, was to revitalize and rehabilitate forests um, uh, through thinning and um, clearing brush and and uh, maintaining the forest. Forest so, management. Forest management, mm -hmm. right, exactly. And working, of course, with the Forest Service. Mm -hmm. So um, 2.4 million acres involved in all of these four forests. And <clears throat> so uh, over the years, I, I know we've been heavily involved for 10 years, at least in this. Um, don't know how many meetings and public resources and things like that have gone towards it. But what I'm starting to ask is, what is the benefit? What is the benefit to people in district, in Southern Greenlee County, my district? How are we benefiting from this long commitment to Forfry? So I started researching as I normally do. Mm -hmm. So of the 2.4 million, it was a 20 year plan originally. So let's say started 2010. Mm -hmm. So 20 years, we are going to treat uh, meaning thinning and so forth, uh, caring up for the the forest in this way, as well as developing biofuel, bioproducts mm -hmm. from from the uh, um, available from down trees right. and, and forest trash, if you will. Instead of just burning them or throwing them away, right, or right. Them. So, um, so we've done two, seven seven hundred thousand acres in ten years out of the two point four. So I don't know if they'll make that goal, but I um, in that my research I asked um, Apache Sitgraves leadership of. Uh, because I couldn't find how much of Greenlee County 
forest, the Apache Sitgraves in Greenlee County has been has been treated and couldn't find the answer anywhere. So I just called the Forest Service and uh, the estimate I was given was 10,000 acres. So of 700,000 acres mm-hmm. that's been treated, we're at 1.4% wow. of that. Wow, not even close. In 10 years? In 10 years. Mm-hmm. But even more importantly, I, I want to see, um, because part of this, and you can look at all of this on forfry.org, mm-hmm. um, what are the jobs that this has created? What are the businesses that have come out of this? So another thing that made me kind of start looking into this, and this is on the Forest Service, this is fs.usda.gov. The initiative itself, it's uh, the Four Forest Restoration Background. The first two words of this document, it's on page, I think it was three of about a 50 page document, said Northern Arizona. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading through this. And, and it talked about communities of Alpine, Flagstaff, Heber, Payson, Pine Top, nothing in Greenlee County mm-hmm. are going to, um, they, that they rely on Arizona's, again, northern forests. Right. So this is a northern Arizona initiative. Mm-hmm. I'm just not seeing, I, I'm wondering what is the benefit to us? Mm-hmm. And, and how is this helping the communities that we have, Clifton so, and, and Duncan. As a county, are we contributing to Forfray right now? I know that we're contributing time. Mm-hmm. I know that we're contributing our, um, you know, resources, taxpayer money to, to get people up there and mm-hmm. to attend meetings and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, but I haven't, I don't know what else we've we've contributed to that. I know ECO, which is a, a board of six, six uh, people, um, Eastern Arizona County's organization is a big proponent of this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I I want to see what what Greenlee County just let's take even district you know uh, Supervisor Campbell's district. What is what is the benefit there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see the benefit in our district. Right. And so I'm starting to ask some questions because their goals are um, restoration. They were they were trying to accelerate the pace and scale of restoration treatments. Mm-hmm. And those, again, vary over the years. Their strategic plan, even though they started in 2010, wasn't written until 2017, seven years later. And so some of the things that I see things just moving so very slowly mm-hmm. in this, um, but but the uh, the strategic plan and the overview is something that was um, a long time coming, and and I just want to see a clear my my view, Jared, is before I commit. I've been on national boards before, mm-hmm. and before I commit to anything like that, I want to see how does that benefit the people that you I represent. represent. Oh, that makes sense. So I've been on two state commissions. One of them was the uh, uh, this was when I was working for Thatcher. I was in the Commission for Higher Education. And what that program did was um, overcame what's called cultural capital. So that a lack of cultural capital. What that means is, let's say you want to go to college, but your parents and your grand, you're the first person to go to college. First generation. So if you don't have a parent or somebody there saying, okay, this, you go to the registrars and you, then you pay at the bursar's office and then you apply for scholarship. You have to create all that cultural capital yourself. Mm -hmm. It's daunting. Mm -hmm. So this was, I was the rural representative for the state of Arizona on this commission. And the idea was get these first generation folks 
give them the cultural capital, which meant training, coming to their high schools, coming, you know, it can't all be just the counselor of the high school. They're over overworked as yes, it is. Definitely. So so they were having scholarship programs and, um, and that cultural capital perspective of this is what you do. Um, how do you get a dorm room? I mean, sometimes it was just that basic. Mm -hmm. Loved that commission. I was appointed by Governor Brewer. Now I'm on the Arizona Department of Agriculture's Advisory Council representing the livestock industry. That has a direct relationship to my, my operation as well as all of my friends that are in the ranching industry. So uh, for 30 years, I've always used that approach. If this isn't going to help me and mine, if you will, my, my people, my, uh, the people that I represent now or the people that I represent no matter what I'm doing, um, then maybe I'm not the right person for that job. And so before we commit to anything, especially 10 years right. of an initiative that, again, I don't know what the benefit specific dollar amount, number of jobs, businesses. I want to know what that has benefited our county. Right. So um, I that's my approach to anything like that. I want to see how is it going to help District 3 of Greenlee County, and then I'm all in. Mm -hmm. But if if it's not, then I need to I need to be here in the county and accessible to the people. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Um, so that kind of completes all the regular questions. Uh -huh. um, I've got one tough question for you here. Okay. Um, I've had a couple people ask me, um, where do you receive your mail? <laughs> do you understand that question? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. So um, let's see. Jeff and I married in 1988 and we lived at Lower Eagle Creek. Mm -hmm. And I was working in Marincy. So we lived north of Marincy and a little bitty... Uh, place there, uh, historic ranch. And then in, um, he had actually bought where we live now in 1984. So we moved out to the Black Hills, um, where we are now in 1992. Mm -hmm. So we've been there 28 years. Then we bought, um, bought a ranch in Graham County. Well, all of the services for ranching are in Graham County. Mm -hmm. the, we have a BLM permit. So that's the BLM, the Farm Service Agency on 8th Avenue out by um, Open Loop, on the way to Open Loop Energy. That's mm -hmm. where their offices are. We have a number of different accounts um, and that ranch is in Graham County. Mm -hmm. So we, we did get, it doesn't make sense to go to the mail and then you have to go to mail it back. You have to go all the way back up right. to Rincey. Right. We live... At, our district is so spread out. Uh -huh. It's That's it's true. very unique. Why why I'm why we for thirty years, well, since nineteen eighty four, Jeff has paid taxes or the ranch has paid taxes to Duncan. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're thirty miles north of Duncan. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just an odd uh shape of a of a district. But forty-four percent of the voters are not in the town of Duncan now. Right. right. And so people want to own, you know, acreage or whatever for a garden or raise livestock or whatever you want to do. But uh, all of the services for ranching happen to be in Graham County. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that's that is where I get my mail, and that's where we do all of our ranching business. That makes so, sense. But uh, just to be clear, you live in Greenlee County. Uh, yes, sir. Here. I have lived in Greenlee County right. since nineteen eighty-seven, July of nineteen eighty-seven. Thirty-three Excellent. years. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Suzanne. I really appreciate you coming in. I've appreciated talking with you and thanks for the opportunity. All right. And good luck in the race. Thank you.